Yeah, welcome back to the Chirpin' Yodis podcast. Got a very exciting episode for you guys. Before that, I'm joined with, as always, Stathead Grandy, my main man Chase, and of course, the Shakespearean poet Haynes himself. Boys, how are we doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Watching an unbelievably enough tied game against Colorado right now in the third period. Just unreal. Um, But yeah, outside of that, pretty good how about you boys i'm uh, doing pretty good man just uh you know same old stuff working hanging with the kids hanging with the wife all that fun stuff um doing life things i guess i'll just leave it at that <laughs> having some great experiences lately but you know persevering and happy to ho- talk hockey with you boys tonight how about you Haynes? I'm hanging in there. I'm just making it through like everybody else is and curious to see how this so-called snowstorm that we have coming through, whether that's actually going to be like on Sunday, hoping for maybe just a little bit of snow so I can finally see some again for the first time in what feels like forever down here. But uh, what about you, Tyler? Been well. Uh, being able to catch a couple more games this past week between, you know, just my work schedule and working out real well. So happy about that for sure. Uh, but other than that, just yeah, kind of hanging in there, ready to get this episode started. So just a quick uh, set of news that broke this uh, afternoon. Our Kachinas, uh, young girls hockey, uh, they've been awarded Tier 1 status. So uh, good for them. You know, the uh, U6, U19, 16, and the 14-year-olds, they've all been able to reach the top tier status. And that's great. It just goes to show that uh, hockey does work in Arizona. So that out of the hey, way. What's on that? that on that, just all power to match up, man. Um, so he's got to be up in heaven smiling right now. For sure. I mean, it's amazing. It's just how much it's grown and he just his impact and all that. It's just, can never say enough about that guy. But besides that, how have the boys been playing recently? I know the Blackhawks game was real fun to watch. We beat Toronto, what was it, uh, the other night. And now we're tied with Colorado, which is crazy. I can't believe I'm watching this. I'm wondering if uh, maybe the tank season's over, boys. What do you think? No, the tank season's not over. <laughs> Joke, of course. Joking, of course. But one thing I was thinking about this today, one thing I do want to talk about, though, is we got to talk about Andre Tournier real quick and the remarkable job he's done with this team to get them playing this well with this much confidence and this much heart, despite being as bad as they are. We've almost to a man as a fan base have forgotten how bad this team truly is. Because Tornian has them all playing above their above their status. Whether it's Keller carrying us or a goaltender just going off or a bunch of other things that's happened in this little streak. It's I think you're starting to see the outcome of what is going to be a fantastic coach for years to come. Uh, aside from that, just more praise for Keller, as usual. More praise for Veggie. And tonight, Prasvatov has looked amazing. So, just all around, there's some good things to be taken away from it. But at the end of the day, we are a bad team. We're going to stay a bad team. We're going to be one of the two worst teams in the league. It's just going to be how it ends, unfortunately. Or fortunately. Uh, but what do you guys have to say about it? 
I think we're definitely yeah. seeing. Uh, oh, sorry, Chase, go ahead. Oh, no, you're good, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, just kind of echoing Grandy. I mean, uh, Coach has done a remarkable job, obviously. Um, you know, um, when he was hired along, GMBA did, um, you know, hire him based on uh, the success that he's had with younger players and the familiarity that he's had, um, you know, with, with some of our core guys and, and stuff like that. So uh, I think you're finally seeing, um, you know, all that hard work and buy-in pay off right now. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably see a few more flashes before the year's over, of uh, some good consistent play. Um, but like Grandy said, I mean, at the end of the day, we have the pieces that we have and right now they're just on like a kind of a, a heater right now and playing way above our level. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, nonetheless, it's, it's refreshing um to you know see guys like Keller step up and, and do his thing. Um I, I just can't believe how much growth I've I've seen from him. Uh all star obviously this year representing us, so that's fantastic to some more to build his confidence and stuff like that. Um but you can just tell that he's more and more comfortable and um uh, he's um uh, you know looking like the piece of this team that uh, is, is the untouchable at this point. Uh, so well, love to see it. Um, and then um, beating the, the Leafs was always going to be kind of a fun thing. Glad to see Matthews lit the lamp, though, in, in the hometown. Um, Future Yoda, obviously, but uh, that was kind of cool to see. And then tonight, I'm just as shocked as anybody else. Um, figured with everything stacked against us, <laughs> This evening, that uh, we'd probably get the brakes beat off of us, but I uh, got to give the boys credit, man. It's been fun, uh, but that's all I've kind of got on the last week or so of games. Haynes or Tyler, how, how are you guys? How are you boys feeling? Uh, pretty good. I mean, you guys all said it pretty much perfectly. It's always fun to beat the Leafs, no matter what. I don't care what kind of season we're having. I love beating them. Um, I just again, it just it seems that uh, Tony is kind of getting a grip on it. We're doing well. I love the Keller play. I mean, I know we're about to get into that a little later, but I think he did definitely earn his All Star uh, status this year. Uh, just loving it. I'm loving and getting excited that he is the coach of the future. So let's just uh, hurry up these next couple of years. Yeah. Um, sorry, there. Just saw the uh, Shane Gosses Bear score to make it three two Coyotes. Um, yeah, I just was gonna say that. Yeah, but, killed my train of thought too. I was like, uh, and then we can do. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to make sure I actually saw that right. If we saw that we actually had a lead on the Avalanche, right? it seems like a unbelievable thing. But um, yeah, I mean this team. Uh, I mean they're performing like people expect them to perform. They're not a good team. I mean it's you've seen who's on the roster. I mean you see what we have and what we're lacking, and you know. It was expected that we were going to be a bomb team, and we're going to be that for the next few years. But um, uh, Torini's really gotten these guys to to buy into what he's building here in Arizona, and they're really the more the season's going on, the more these guys are starting to connect with one another, and they're starting to really build more chemistry, which is always a good sign. And you know they they looked really good against Chicago, and um, well, the Avalanche just scored. Sorry about that. And um, and guys like uh. Yohan Larson's really stepped up recently, and guys like Travis Boyd have, have had a bounce-back seat, have had a really good uh, career-defying season so far. And Clayton Keller, like we said, is he's really stepped out up there. And, I mean, the teams look better in the last few games, too. I mean, 
the mm, Toronto game the other night, great example of a team that really, uh, despite being just absolutely heavily outshot and just relied so much on Vimelka, really uh, played that kind of style of game where they really just kept sound tightly and, you know, relied on those bounces and those those dirty, greasy kind of goals to, you know, and the luck to win the, win the game and it worked. And right now they're hanging in there with the, with the avalanche. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, there's been a lot of positives and there's been some negatives, but uh, as recently the team's been looking a little bit more positive. And I want to chime in because uh, I was on mute when we scored that goal, but what an unbelievable play by Kessel on that goal. The way he bodied off those guys to get the puck to Gostasper. Anyways, that's all I wanted to say. Minor difficulties there. Sorry about that. I don't know why my mic was just not picking me up. But uh, actually, Granny, while I'm thinking about it, I just saw the guy come across my screen. You said you wanted to talk a little about Nick Schmaltz, right? I believe it was you this earlier this week. I remember to write it down this time. Yeah. I, he's had he's invisible. The last... Yeah, he's had moments the last two games. But for the most part, he's just been invisible since he's come back from injury. Just making zero impact. That play he had in this game, it was a nice pass to set up a good scoring chance, but we need more from him. We need more consistency. Um, I always said, passengers. He's one of the few players that has not taken that leap with Tornier, and that's a real bummer. Um, I liked Nick Schmaltz before the last year and a half, and it's... Ah, it's quickly grown into be one of his biggest haters because it's just... I don't see what he's providing us right now. So, hopefully he turns it around. Hopefully he gets better. But... Man, something's got to give because on that contract, he's here for a while as an overpaid piece, and he's getting fourth line minutes right now on this team. On this team, as bad as we are, with some of the guys getting more time than him, is sad, and I'd be taking that as a insult personally. But hopefully, these moments are. A step in the right direction. Uh, but yeah, what do you guys have to say on Nick Schmaltz and his impact lately? I mean, I think Rick Talk had always, I think that phrase he said, I even said it at work the other day, uh, he kind of just being a passenger. I mean, really, you kind of just said everything, said it perfectly. Really, I don't want to echo too much. So yeah, I'll just say, yeah, just being a passenger, really. That's all I got on Nick Schmaltz currently. I, I mean, I really don't have much to add there. I mean, I can try and add a little bit too. I think Granny kind of said it all. I mean, he's a, uh, Yep. Uh, Schmaltz has been a tough situation at times. He can go a five game stretch where he's a really good player, and there's times when we've seen it a lot in Arizona in the last, you know, two, three years he's been here. There's been times where he's gone 20 plus games and you don't notice him, and he doesn't seem to make any sort of play. So he's a very inconsistent player at times. And, you know, that's a worrisome problem because the Coyotes got him at the time for Dylan Strom, who seems to be having his own issues in uh, Chicago, and he's just never been able to turn it around, it seems like. I, I think that uh, Schmaltz has never really been able to – I think he's always tried to feel like he's had to live up to being, like, the role player of the team, and he struggles at times doing that, and it's not what he's being asked of. He's asked to just be one of the contributors, and 
think he struggles at doing that because he tries to do too much. But, you know, I think he has a, a contract that, you know, for the next few years is going to look bad if he continues to put up the numbers he does because it's going to gonna look way overpaid. But, I mean, I would love to see him turn around. I think he's a, I think he's a great guy when he's playing well and he's making smart decisions. I think he's an insanely good player. His pass to Ryan Zingle the other night against Toronto is a perfect example of that. But uh, it's it, it's a tough call on him. Well, it's one of those things where you just you're hoping that he finds his groove and and all that. But at the same time, from what we've seen in the few short years he's played here, he seems like he's always one of those just kind of up and down players and more than not he seems like he's one of those players that's down but that's kind of all I really want to add to that yeah I'd, I'd agree there sorry about it. earlier I was trying to talk but I couldn't get myself off mute for some odd reason um, but uh, yeah I mean as far as uh, Schwaltz goes um, I was you know obviously excited when he came here um, put together a pretty good stretch and everything like that and Obviously, um, you know, got him into the contract that's been mentioned by you boys, but uh, it's it's disappointing to say the least because I was actually pretty big fan and defender of Schmaltz. Um, you know, thought he was going to become and evolve into one of the the core pieces going forward. Um, so to kind of see this occurring is kind of a bummer, obviously. Uh, we'd like to see this this move pay off, um, but uh, you know, I mean, I think we've kind of seen more times than not, like you said. I mean, he's just insanely streaky. He'll go extremely long periods of stretches of games um, where you just you don't see him. And then, like Grandy said, he's he's playing fourth line minutes right now, and know, it's it's just rough. Um, especially on a team that lacks talent like our roster does. You'd expect him to be one of the top dogs on this team. But, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a confidence thing or I don't know what's what's going on, uh, but it's extremely unfortunate. Uh, hope, I hope he can get it figured out, man, because I, I do like him. He always seemed like a really cool guy when interviewed and stuff like that. Seems pretty down to earth and, all that good stuff. So it's a guy that's uh, easy to root for, but uh, extremely frustrating to watch play hockey on your team. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at with, with Schwalti. Do you guys have any other players you think is being a passenger, a Casper on the team, anything like that? Anyone you want to call out specifically while we're uh, kind of on the subject? Not really. I don't. Uh, well, Galchenyuk. And I think You're going to say, yeah, it's my pick. Yeah, it was Galchenyuk. And I think, the meme is dead, but aside from that, yeah, yeah everybody else, yeah, I mean, everybody else is just stealing everything that they got and, and then some at this point. Um, you know, I mean, that's kind of the contributing driving force on this little mini run is that, uh, you know, almost everybody top to bottom is, is playing, um, you know, decent and probably playing a lot above potential at this point. Um, so I, I can't think of any others off the top of my head either. Well, if that's the case. And I guess we'll go ahead and just, uh, jump to the next topic, which is a fun one. One I think we've all been kind of wouldn't want to talk about. Uh, I think, uh, with Keller playing the way he was, as alluded to earlier, the battle of Keller Hill is definitely kind of leaning more towards our direction. Um, and what do you guys think? Is it time to legitimately consider Keller, the future captain of this team? And just, uh, let's go ahead and, Gush about it. Haynes, go ahead and uh, get this one started for us, buddy. 
floor is yours. Yeah. Um, first off, I want to give a shout out to Grandy. I did not on the episode Wednesday night on Howlers and Growlers, but Grandy uh, was the first to say that Keller was deserving of the seas. First guy to call out for it. So I want to give a shout out there because I don't want to take credibility for that. Why well, I do think he could be it? Grandy was the first one to say it. So Grandy, kudos to you for giving the shout there to Clayton Keller and you know. It's something, to be honest, I didn't think about this season. I Coming into this year, everybody honestly would have told you that their initial pick was Jacob Chikrin. It was Jacob Chikrin's team. Jacob Chikrin was going to take this captain spot. We were surprised he didn't begin the end of the season. We believed he was going to take it next year or the year after that, most likely next year. But with the recent reports that they might ship him and him this season not really seeming to really play like a leader at times on the ice while Clayton Keller has done the complete opposite and has taken the leadership role, has received praise from guys like Andrew Ladd and other players on the team. I think it would be uh, – it's going to be interesting to see who gets put there. I think both guys can be great leaders. I think Keller this season really is showing what it means to be a leader, especially on a team that's as bad as they are. He's really keeping those guys together, and I think he deserves it. And we'll see if he is. I mean, he's – not only is he playing like, or not only is he leading like a captain, but he's playing like a legit captain. I know that your captain's not always your top goal scorer. We've seen cases where it's been, you know, your third or fourth line guys, your captain. But, I mean, he's put up the numbers to prove that he's a legit player on the team. He's a legit top guy on the team and all that. And he's having a great season. And, you know, he's he's on hopefully pace to shatter his rookie season numbers and all that, or at least get very close to him. It would be a breath of fresh air for Coyotes fans, especially with the year he's having. But, um, yeah, I think he's uh, a legitimate captain in the making, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, by next season he's he's named captain. So we'll just have to wait and see there. But I'm, I'm curious to know what y'all think. I am was not always part of the Church of Keller. I'll be the first to admit that. I've admitted that several times in the podcast, but uh, I'm definitely uh, in it now. And I think, yeah, I think absolutely the way he has absolutely stepped up in a very grim situation. I mean, I, I don't even know if if I, well, I guess I would. I guess you kind of have to with a contract like that. But it's good that he chose to try and better his game, become the player we need him to play or need him to be. Excuse me. Uh, this game is distracting me. Um, and I love it. I'm absolutely give him to see. I think. Uh, he deserves it. I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to buy that jersey whenever it's made available. So, what about you boys? What are you boys thinking? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm firmly in that camp that Haynes kind of mentioned at the beginning. Um, to me, it was always going to be Chickering, and just, I didn't really see anybody else stepping up to, to take the seat. Um, Keller has reversed that and then some, obviously. Um, Obviously, uh, you know, hearing the other veterans in the locker room kind of alluding to it and everything like that just kind of makes you happy to hear. Um, I think it kind of caught me off a surprise. I, uh, I always thought that Keller was going to be a great player. Um, he didn't actually really strike me as, like, captain leading material, though. I, I'd say I, I don't know if it's just kind of like his demeanor or, um, you know, kind of being soft-spoken and everything like that. But, um you know, it's it's just um, it's it's cool to see and cool to hear about, and obviously, um, you know the, the the steps that he's had in his game and everything like that, playing like he's been playing, uh, it's just awesome. Like, I mean, obviously he's 
put in the work and all that good stuff. Uh, so he's being an example on the ice uh, around the practice facility and everything like that, which is great quality for a leader to have. Um, and then, you know, having, having the success and everything like that and having actual, you know, veterans that have been around for a while, been in several different rooms, even kind of take notice to them. Um, you know, I mean, that's pretty much, you know, the, the legitimacy right there. Um, the peer respect in, in the locker room. Um, if you got guys looking up to you and, you know, um, all that good stuff. And obviously that's, that's the definition of the leader. The the soldiers will follow you and all that good stuff. So, um, couldn't be happier to see it. Just kind of shocked by it. Like I said, always thought he was going to be a great player, um, and everything like that. And he's going to, we, we've I mean, talked about it several times in the pod. We, we always thought that he was going to, you know, kind of grow into this contract and everything like that. It's a little bit you know, extra or a little bit high on the front end, but um, he's locked up through some of his prime years and everything like that. And I mean, from what I'm seeing, he's, he's growing into it, man. So uh, it's exciting stuff to see and can't wait to see him keep, keep taking steps. And um, I'm, I'm, pretty much sold at this point that he is going to be the, the, the next captain of the franchise. Um, GMBA seems to, you know, kind of affect those sentiments as well. I think Grandy had showed me a, a comment that he made. So I'll kind of let Grandy get into it uh, when he's talking, but uh, express confidence in him and everything like that. So um, when the, when the man in charge of constructing this team is taking notice, then uh, it seems like uh uh, one of the bigger endorsements as well, as long as the, the boys in the locker room. So happy to see it, man. Grandy, you want to take it away, buddy? Yeah. So after that Predators game is when I really started to kind of make this my hill. The Keller should be the C. Um, that game, we lost it, but Keller had so many plays in that third period where. He just did everything he could to get us the win. Between that and then hearing Andrew Ladd's post-game press conference where Andrew Ladd gushed about the leadership role that Keller was taking in the locker room. Yeah, I see it. I, I can see this happening. So, and all that's happened since then is... I mean, he bites. He makes incredible plays a game. And for the leadership thing, he doesn't want to lose, and he plays like it. it one thing, one issue I had with Chickering this year is if we were having a bad game, and it was 3 nothing. Chickren seemed to kind of fold late in game and stop giving as much effort. And that's probably unfair to him. But and by no means am I trying to say he sucks or anything like that. But I'm just trying to point out the difference between that and Keller late game of that Predators game making an unbelievably fantastic effort leading to a goal to bring us within two. It's just Keller hasn't quit on a game this year. Keller hasn't 
his two-way game has improved. Even this game against the Avs tonight, he had that remarkable shorthanded goal where he bodied off Devin Taves to get the puck on that. It was truly remarkable. I started the year thinking that it was chickens all the way, and like I said, even without the trade rumors, even if Chickering stays a coyote, I'm beginning to think that this is Keller's seat, that this is Keller's team. Um, and it's something I am very, very excited for and something I am very much looking forward to to see how it progresses in the future. But uh, <laughs> just, I mean, the first year of mine and Tyler's friendship was essentially me and him arguing about Keller. So to see this to see this player get here is just unreal. It makes me so happy. Uh, that's really all I have to say about it though. I would help if I unmute so I'm doing like three things at once. Um yeah, I mean I, I totally I'm agreeing with you. I mean, like I said, we used to really, and I've now come to the church of Keller. So, I mean, it absolutely is to finish that all off. So, all right. Well, with that out of the way, boys, it is all-star season and our boy has made the all-star deservedly. So I think we can all agree on that. Um, is there anybody you think that doesn't deserve it? Anybody you think got snubbed? I know we have the last man in still going on and I have my choice for that as well. Obviously my choice is probably pretty obvious. Um, yeah, I just want to get your pick your boys' thoughts. I mean, if I, I guess I'll, I'll start it off here. Um, I don't know if any I don't think doesn't deserve it. I think it is. I do. I think it's kind of both nice and kind of weird that every every team does get a selection by default. But I also can see uh, Nate McKinnon's point about saying that. But I do like that we all get one. It's nice because then every fan has something to kind of watch. So I'm not I don't have a problem with it. I should say. Um. My choice for the last man is definitely uh, Lucas Raymond, but a little biased there. So I'll go ahead and finish off with that, boys. Whoever wants to take over from there. Yeah, my last, my uh, on the snubs thing, one thing we got to remember is that the NHL shortened the rosters. And when they did that, it made all star snubs a much bigger deal. Um, every team's going to have someone that makes it because. It's what the fans want, and it's what the sponsors want. And that's really what the All-Star Game is for, is to make money to appease the sponsors. So it's always going to be a fact of life with the NHL, and that's not the bad thing. Um, but yeah, for my, uh, for my snub, for my last man in, I wanted to go out and vote Kessel and just try to do it, and I couldn't in good conscience do it. I had a vote Nazim Kadri. The guy has had an unreal year. He really should be in the All-Star game, and he's a pretty big snub. Um, There's others throughout the league, but that's just the one that sticks out the most to me is Nazim Kadri. He should be in the All-Star game, and I hope he gets in as the last man in. Um, I think it would be great for him, and I think it would be great to... I just think it'd be great for hockey in general. So, uh, what about you, boys? Yeah, I'd, I'd echo that, man. Kadri is 
phenomenal this year. And, uh, you know, obviously seeing them up close and personal uh, through the uh, playoffs and everything that we got to get into with them. Um, I believe we already come from Toronto that year, I think. Um, and then, um, obviously, like I said, seeing them, seeing them in that series, um, just being a part of that team that just, you know, threw up seven goals. That is pretty much that will all throughout. Um, but, uh, this year he's excelled amazingly as well. Um, and then just, just the type of player that he is, man, he kind of plays on that edge a little bit, um, as well as has been, um, you know, in, in some hot water for it at times, but extremely exciting brand of hockey. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I think probably, I mean, there's some obvious ones out there, um, as far as snubs go, I'd probably, probably go Brad Marchand. I feel like he's had pretty solid year as well. Um, seeing him kind of miss out was, was interesting. Obviously he's been an all-star before. Um, I believe he met, I believe he's met the criteria as far as games played and everything like that. So I was kind of shocked to see him left off, but, um, Grandy, you kind of hit the nail on the head as far as the shortening of the rosters and everything like that. So when we kind of went to this current format, there, there's going to be snubs every single year and multiple snubs. Um, so it's a little bit different than it is, like obviously, you know, in the NFL and stuff like that. Um, but even even there, you know, there, there's there's snubs on them all. So um, we can debate it all all the time as far as right and wrong and. You know, leaving this player out is ridiculous. That leaving putting that player in play zone is ridiculous. But at the end of the day, man, there's, there's just only so many slots, and uh, you like to think that uh, you know it's based upon that uh, that year's work or body of work and everything like that. But uh, you know, it's, it's it's an interesting process for sure. But uh, I'd probably go with Marshy for mine though. Haynes. Yeah. Um... I think, uh, like you were saying, I think you said, Grandy, I think uh, the just with the NHL, you know, with them shortening how they do the All-Star game with, you know, the four divisions facing off in three-on-three, it has, you know, limited guys who normally would be in it not making it. And, you know, guys like Brad Marchand, who I think were one of your biggest snubs, I, guys like that don't make it. And, you know, it's, it's tough because, you know, they do want to put the best players in it, but at the same time they want everybody to kind of have someone to pull for and to be looking for. And so I get it, but, you know, it's just the way it is. I think at the end of the day, it does give you a chance to see some newer guys that may not ever get a shot to play in the All-Star game to get their shot in the All-Star game. So it was good to see guys like them, um, like some of the guys that did make it this year, Adam Pellick what the Islanders make yet. Yeah, I think there was a couple guys this year that first appearances, honestly, that I was real excited for and best of luck to them. But I think um, uh, my last man in, I kind of had two guys I kind of would like to see. I'd like to either see Matt Barzell with the Islanders go back to the All-Star game or Troy Terry with the Ducks. I think uh, Terry's had a really good season this year in Anaheim. And, you know, John Gibson's a tough one, honestly, to, to pass up on with how good he's been consistently in Anaheim playing behind a team that's been very subpar in the last few years. So it was a tough call there between the two of them. But I think um, I think Troy Terry would be a deserving guy for that last man in vote. And I think that even Matt Barzell would be a deserving guy in the last man in. But that, that's what I think. All uh, pretty solid picks. I like them all. I mean, I think there's really no wrong answer on that one uh, for sure. 
but I do want to bring up a, a kind of, and this topic's probably been hotly debated at some other point, but I don't think we talked on the podcast as far as I'm aware. Uh, so I know the All-Star Games decided by a bunch of different factors. I think there's some secret Illuminati-style vote behind the scenes. I think players get some kind of say, but fans also, you know, most vocal get one as well. But I was thinking, just a fun topic to talk about. I know Grandy's ready for this one. Um, do you think the All-Star Game, for whatever reason, should just be cited purely by fans. I just want to get you guys' opinion on that or we can just kind of discuss in general how the voting works. Uh, Grandy, sir, the floor no, is yours. No, no, no. Okay, no, fair enough. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Tell us, tell us how you really uh, feel, boys. Tell us how you really feel. For one, if you John want to Scott, homie. If you want to take a look at how bad fan voting is, before we even get to the John Scott debacle, which I have words on. Okay. Look at the NBA's voting this year. Look at the fact that you have players near the top of the league in it. It's just ridiculous. Fans don't know how to vote. They vote for their favorite players. So what you see is you see a bunch of big players make it. So no, 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 no. Then, no, no, no. let's go to the John Scott debacle. Back when back when captains were picked purely off of fan vote in down goes Brown decided, hey, let's show the NHL why this is a stupid idea. And let's get an enforcer in there. Oh, you know what? Arizona doesn't matter. We'll just they're a bad team. We'll just take them, we'll take Don Scott from there. <laughs> John Scott had his fun. They rigged the they led a campaign, a very successful one to get John Scott in the all-star game. It worked. John Scott had his fun. And good for John Scott. I feel good for him. I'm glad he got to experience that. But I will never forgive the situation. That was Shane Doan's last chance at an all-star game. He was on pace for 30 goals at the time. And everyone knew that this was going to be his last good year. And sure enough, the next year, I don't even think he got 20 points. His He just fell off a cliff. Yeah. That should have been just, that should have been Shane Doan's last All Star game, and instead, we had to watch a guy that nobody but a bunch of shit posters wanted in the All Star game. Um, and look, I get it was great fun. It was. The thing I get the players had a blast with it and set up John Scott for every single shot of that game. But man, as a Coyotes fan, I don't care. I'm bitter. Um, Just a bit. That was Dolan. That was our franchise. That was our captain. That was our guy's last chance at an all-star game. And it got taken from him because of stupid, stupid reasons. But that's really all I have to say about that. Uh, what do you boys have to say? Chase, you think you had something out of that, right? Yeah, I mean, I agree, obviously. Uh, I won't touch the job Scott anything, thing anymore. That's been harped on a couple times. I think we've talked about it maybe even last year as well. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, in agreement there. And then, um, you don't have to look too far as far as fan vote goes. Um, you know, just another guy that plays in Phoenix, Steve book, always having to be the last man in voted in by the coaches or having to have Dave Willard pretty much campaign for him to get the last spot. Um, is ridiculous. So, um, it's tough though, because I mean, you you, you want to have that fan engagement and, and everything like that, but uh, you know, I mean, like Randy said, I mean, you got injured players that haven't played much at all. I mean, look at Kyrie Irving sitting out pretty much the entire season until a couple of games ago. He's got a boatload of All Star votes, uh, and that's so. I mean, at at some point, we got to, and I don't even know what the answer is, man. But the, <laughs> it's just it's it's never going to be kosher, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I totally stick away from the, the fan vote. It's, uh, I mean, players from, from all leagues kind of, at, I mean, I've heard echo that sentiment too, where it's like, you know, it's the all-star game, it's fan voted, everything like that. But, you know, what, it's great and everything like that. I think I should be in it. It pisses me off that I'm not. But the respect from my peers, you know, that I play against every day and, um, you know, go at every game, um, their opinions, what matters to me and stuff like that. So um, I, don't, I don't know if, you know, players or execs or I, I don't know how it is because everybody's going to be biased, obviously, towards somebody. But uh, it's it's just an interesting, it's, it's a shit show for sure. But, uh, you know, always kind of like the All-Star Games. Um, I think as time has progressed, they've become less and less interesting, though, because, I mean, they're not really serious games anymore. I, m- I remember watching old-school All-Star games where, you know, everything was still full contact, fully trying, you know, everything like that. And obviously now, with everything on the line for everybody and all that good stuff, uh, it's kind of tapered off a little bit from that, which I don't have a problem with. It's It's supposed to be a good time, and it's a celebration for obviously those players. Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like I could go on and on about all-star games and voting and all sorts of stuff for way too long. So I'll cut it there, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's interesting for sure. Yeah. I remember like the team, these see like the team Lidstrom and stuff like that. That was, yeah, I definitely missed the way they'd had it. I don't really, I mean, their game's cool, I guess. I don't really, I mean, if it's on and I'm not working, I'll watch it. But I really don't make too much of a priority. I'll be honest with you. Uh, but Haynes, before we circle back to Grandy, you have anything to add to that, real quick, sir? Um, not really. I mean, I no? not the biggest fan thing of the fan vote. I, I understand you want fans to be part of it, but I feel like that what the NHL does with trying to have at least a player on every team participate is perfect. Right there, you don't need half of you don't need necessarily the best players, best players to make it a fun event it is the All-Star game. Also, it's nice to have guys like the Ovechkins and the LeBron James and, you know, guys like that represent your All-Star game because they are your best players in your game. But it's fun to see your own guys making guys who might not usually get a chance. Guys like Clayton Keller making their second appearance, a guy who deserves it despite the team's record with the way he's playing this year. A guy like Nick Suzuki on the Canadians who's, you know, deserves it despite the way his team's been playing this season. So uh, I'm not really the biggest thing of the fans because, like Granny said, I think a lot of people just vote just the best players and just like Kyrie Irving getting as many votes as he has and he's just come back recently to play this season. I think there's times when it it gets to me just because I don't think anybody theoretically to get a say something what they want to say there. But, uh, yeah, I think it's – um. 
it, it's I, I don't like the fans voting, but I do like that they get the fans involved by allowing players like a player from each team participate. It should be at least that. Yeah, that's one thing I like about it too. Is we we do each kind of get our you know representative, which I I know I do like that. But Grandy, you said you had one little piece you wanted to add here. Yeah. So, um, real quick, everyone always talks about how oh player voting that's the answer. Player voting that's what we should do. Did anybody actually pay attention when the NBA did player voting? And Aaron Aflalo almost got in because he was the first name listed in the East. So all the West players who didn't give a shit about anybody in the East just voted him. That's so awesome. Um, it's that's not any better. You need a group of people that are. There's no good way to do all star voting. There is. There just isn't. It's. If it's by the players, if it's by the fans, if it's by the coaches, if it's by the executives, there's no good way to do all-star voting. I like the way the NHL has it done, where essentially the executives and the coaches kind of choose who goes on it with input from the league and input from the players on who doesn't want to go which is why you don't see a guy like Crosby there. He doesn't want to go. Um, I like the way that that's done. I think it should just be left alone and everyone picking this apart every year. Just leave it be. That's that's it. That's all you get? Okay. Yeah, I mean... All-Star game used to be cool, but the last couple of years I just not really cared about it, so... Yeah, I think fans, it also opens up, like you guys said, I mean, trolling opportunities. So we'll move on from that, and we'll talk about, uh, or I guess I should say, favorite GM of all time, John Chaika. I mean, yeah, that recent featurette in some magazine, I really don't care about the guy, but I just want to get your boys quick thoughts on that. I know he apparently owns, like, what, like 30 Wendy's in Canada or something like that, and he just talked about how he, oh, God, it was annoying to read. Whoever wants to take this one. Yeah. On, on this, I mean, obviously we're a little bit biased, but sure. I came away from it like extremely unimpressed and honestly just laughing. Um, because I like, I mean, when I get super irritated or super mad, like I don't even get angry anymore or anything like that. I just, I just kind of have to have a little bit of a laugh to myself. And this guy came across like the biggest asshat that I have. I it's just, I. He did, though. Like, no, wow, you're right. Wow, wow, man. Like, you had a chance to maybe come out and, you know, say some things and maybe give some sort of, like, oh, you know, like, maybe you're feeling this type of way about wish I could change this, that, etc. But no, he, he pretty much just doubled down on it. <laughs> um, you know, it, it just came across as a brag thing, man. It's just like, oh, yeah, I don't really know. Back this many years ago, um, you know, I started off the analytics firm, which is awesome. Obviously, super young, super cool that that you did that and everything. Like, kudos to you, kudos to you for having these thirty Wendy's franchises. But uh, like, Wendy's I mean, ass, though, to be honest, Wendy's yeah. is terrible, so not much to brag about, to be honest. But uh, I mean, the, the, for them struggling to come up through it like i mean I, I get that you're like the youngest gm and everything like that so i mean that's obviously super cool man like uh, that should have been a cool thing but 
Man, he just he just came off terrible. Like the optics on it, man. Like I, I'd be embarrassed if if that was me that put something out, out out like that. Like just unreal. Like so out of touch. Just I mean, pretty much kind of like a god complex. Which you know, I've heard I've heard tossed around him previously. Um, read the accounts of you know interns on Reddit and stuff like that. Which I'm not crazy sure how much of that stuff is true. There's lots of crazy things out there, but. That one in particular that I can't remember who exactly it was. I'm pretty sure he was an artist, but um, just, I mean, did not paint a very good picture of the, the Chaco led ship. So, um, and then, I mean, yeah, I just, it disgusted me. That made me mad and just kind of laughed at it because, I mean, he left us in a terrible, terrible mess. And now we got him bragging about his firm and, um, owning 30 Wendy's franchises. I mean, cool, dude. Awesome. Owning 30, and he tried to flex that. Like, Wendy's is absolutely terrible. Unless it's better in Canada, which, I mean, it could be. But good God, I just, I can't imagine it being better. Anybody else want to take a crack at this one before we uh, get on to our little bit of left? Oh, I, yeah, I read it. And the first thing I had to do was text the group chat because I'm sitting here like, okay. I'm obviously still angry. I'm reading too much into this. There's no way he's as arrogant as this. And nope. Everyone pretty much agreed with me 100%. It was just poorly written. Poorly. Just everything. Just It was rough. It was a rough read. Um, my favorite line in there was when he bragged about bringing this team and to its first playoff berth in eight years when he wasn't on the team when we made the playoffs because he had already quit. Just so much with it that it was just so frustrating. But Chase pretty much summed it up outside of that. So Super cringe, man. Super cringy. <laughs> it absolutely uh, was. I mean, I... I mean, I have my opinions on John Chaika. I don't, I'm not going to, I mean, I don't like the guy. I think the way he left the team was, you know, poor and on his part. I think, uh, I know he, I, th- I think he flexed, you know, that big ego being the youngest GM and it really went to his head. And I think at the end of the day, I think um, his knowledge of analytics didn't really do much for him. I know that he bragged so much about being so analytical, but I don't really know if at the end of the day, if it really helped him as much as he probably thinks it helped his career out being a GM. But, I mean, I have my thought process. I, I, I don't really care for the way he left this organization. And I think it's kind of an insult for taking credit for getting this team to, you know, the playoffs when really they got to the qualifying round. And the only reason they made that was with the NHL allowing the 24 teams, you know, to continue the season at the time they did and allowed them to go into a qualifying. So I think the fact that – uh he kind of took credit for that. It was kind of a bad look on his end. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, say any more than what y'all have to. I mean, I think y'all, you know, um, bashed him of sorts of, you know, what he, what should have been said. I'm, uh, I don't need to go back and repeat it. I think he just, I think it's a bad way to lead the organization and then come back and try to play the hero that, you know, you brought so much to this team and it just ended on bad terms when really it was just, it was really miserable looking in the end, and it, and it, yeah, I mean, there's evidence to it, but 
yeah, that's pretty much all I want to add there. Yeah, good way to definitely end it. I know uh, the rest of us definitely have some salt, to say the least, towards the man. Uh, but he does own 30 Wendy's, so congratulations, John Chaika. Hope you enjoy those and don't uh, put those in a bad uh, date. Uh, so, the last kind of topic before we get into my question of the week and kind of wrap this up. I know we've had some trade rumors, especially recently, about uh, Lawson Krauss and um, Jacob Chikrin. Supposedly Kessel? I don't know. I'm um, just thinking, guys, what do, you, uh, what do you think? How much is real? What do you think we can get for these guys? And let's uh, wrap this up. So, yeah, um, on the latest 32 Thoughts podcast and the radio show, between the two of them, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick were talking primarily about Chikrin. Um, said that essentially the going price is going to be a really good young player, a really good prospect in a first-round pick, or a simpler way to look at it is three first-round picks worth of trade value. And he said right off the bat that there was 10 teams interested, but out of those teams, and he named the Bruins and the Islanders right off the bat, those two don't have the assets to get it done. Um, the three that had the assets that intrigued him the most were the Blues, the Ducks, and the Kings. Ducks and Kings have probably the two best prospect pools in the league. So yeah, that makes perfect sense that they're up there. Um, the Blues one was interesting to me, especially considering they alluded to that further. And essentially said we could pick two of the three of um, their goalie prospect, Jake Neighbors, and uh, Haynes, help me out here. Who's the defenseman, the really young defenseman? Oh, Pranovich. And then they also added on a later date that the Canes might be interested. I don't see how that is, because they just don't have the top weight, the top power, the really good prospects up top. But they have a deep pool, so maybe they make up for it that way. Um, I don't know if it's actually going to get done. I have my own thoughts to it that I've keep to myself pretty much. Um, it's going to be interesting one way or the other. But one thing I do want to keep in mind is we're talking about Peronovich, who is a really good offensive-minded young defenseman prospect. At 23 years old, well, Chickren's 23 years old, so it doesn't really buy us any time. Just hope we get a good package back if we trade him. Um, and then Kraus, Merrick brought up the Boston Bruins, and then Friedman actually said that he had a text message from an Eastern Conference executive betting him that Kraus would be on the Lightning. But it sounds like those two for sure could be on the move this year going to be interesting to see how it goes but i mean like i said it's it's just tough to read into it what's your boys thoughts uh honestly grandy um i pretty much rely on you for trade rumors and, and stuff like that uh, so i don't really have much to add to it um let's kind of give my personal thoughts and, and opinions on it um obviously Love both the players, man, Kraus and Chick. Um, going to be sad to see him go for sure if it if and when it happens. Um, but, uh, I mean, as, as far as Chick goes, 
uh, you know, the, the return. And I, I have no reason to doubt GMBA. He's, you know, pulled rabbits out of hats as far as getting stuff that he wants or desires out of teams that probably weren't willing to give it up at the beginning of negotiations. So I, I don't have any fear that, you know, he's going to get shorted or anything like that. He'll, he'll sit on him if he has to. And, um, you know, he'll cut him loose for when he gets um, acceptable value in his eyes and have full faith in him. Um, but I, I will be sad when, uh, when and if uh, both those guys leave, because I, I do enjoy watching both of them. Um, but, uh, you know, like, like you kind of alluded to, if we go after the, the Blues offensive mind defense when it's 23, it's not really buying us any more time. It'd be kind of, you know, just like a change of scenery type deal, I guess. Um, but, you know, it doesn't really accelerate our timetable or not. So, if, you know, um, being years down the road and all that good stuff. So I'll be interested to see. What are, what what all transpires? Obviously, just like everybody else. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much all I got on it, man. Yeah, same. Uh, definitely, Stathead Grandy is uh, my news source. So, so I got to say about that. But with that being said, Haynes, you got anything, buddy? No, I kind of. Um, I've I felt like I've been talking about this a lot recently. Um, Kudos to Granny for you know letting me know about the Krause thing that was I brought up on Wednesday's episode that was all Granny there, but um I've I feel like I've nothing but every week been talking about either or talking about, about where Chick's gonna go and now it's where's Krause gonna go. So I think in the day they're either gonna get moved or they're not gonna get moved, and that could be this season, that could be next season, that could not end up happening at all, but. It's trade rumors, and, you know, it's something that you're going to be talking about every week all the time until something happens. Randy, so do you want to finish that up? No. Okay. We ready to move on to the question of the week, then? Yeah, sounds Sorry, good. Sorry. Oh, muted. gotcha. Okay. Oh, go ahead, buddy. Um, it's a risk either way. You keep, you keep Chikrin, you risk him never really turning it back around and not – coming back to his own and just not being a good fit with um, Tournier's style, which something similar to what we saw with OEL and Tufkett. Um You trade him and you risk, well, what the Wild did with, Brian, with Brent Burns, where they got back a great prospect in Charlie Coyle, a great young player in Devin Sedaguchi, and a first-round pick. And all three of those players amounted to almost nothing for them. Um, but at the same time, trading Chikrin is really our only chance we have at getting a rebuild the fighting trade in. Like the Senators got with Eric Carlson, or the Sabres got with uh, Jack Eichel. Um, gonna be gonna be a fun road. So, uh, yeah, that's really that's just wanted to get that in there. Uh, on to question of the week. All right, well, that sounds good, boys. We saved this one uh, from last week because Chase was out and he'd be excellent in answering this one. 
I also, if you listen to the Redbird Red Zone podcast, I went ahead and had given this question. They get pretty good answers. Even though their host said the hockey wasn't the best sport, but we'll forgive them for now. Um, to start it off, boys, as you can see in the notes, it says, think of a bar fight. So the question of the week is, if you could have a Coyotes player, past or present, I'll go ahead and extend it that far, back you up in a bar fight. It can be a bougie bar. It can be one of those dive bars you probably shouldn't be at, whatever bar you may choose in your, whatever scenario you have. What player would it be and why? And Chase, if you don't mind, I've been looking forward to your answer. You know, you kind of said it in the group chat. Go ahead for us, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Uh, first of all, it's going to be at a freaking crazy nice bar, okay? Where fights probably shouldn't be happening, but on this particular evening, it's going to happen. So, uh, But I, I went back and forth with a couple different names. Honestly, there's probably about five solid choices that came to mind. Um, but gonna go with one of my favorite yotes, um, Ed Jovanovsky. Just a just a mean dude, dude. Um, just I mean, dude can flat out pummel people. Probably still can, but uh, you know, definitely in his prime, man. Whew. He was nasty and skilled defenseman, bitch, uh, big mean defenseman, dude, and um, always protecting his guys and everything like that. So, feel like it'd be pretty solid choice to have someone like that in my corner getting into some shenanigans that I probably shouldn't be into at a place I probably definitely shouldn't be at, but, uh, you know, he'll have my back and we'll come out of it on top. I'm fairly certain. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's several good choices, boys. I can't wait to hear the rest of yours. And, you know, I mean, the, the running joke is that, uh, <laughs> the Jovo Tater shit, man, joke, bring the Jovo Tater. I need him in my corner. He'll just right. with the that's yep. definitely an easy dub for you, especially at a fancy bar, some Scottsdale bar or something. <laughs> yep. Oh, I want you, boys. Grandy, see what you got. Keynes is going last. Yeah. So. I'm going to go a name that you guys probably didn't, don't expect because hmm. he didn't drop the gloves a lot when he did. But okay. when he did, oh, man. Did okay. he freaking ever. Derek Morris was an ass Demo. kicker. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have Derek Morris in the corner because oh, not bad. I have his uh, bobblehead somewhere. Not a bad choice. Um, I'm definitely gonna go with uh, man. Yeah, I want to say. Bissonette, but I think I'm going to go with Doan. I feel like he's a cool guy, just kind of drink whistle, even if, you know, the fight's not that intense or whatever. He's also a good fighter, too. But, yeah, he's just a guy I like to drink with anyway, so I'm going to go with Shane Doan. Absolute hero. So Never go wrong there, but I just want to touch on Grandy's real quick. Demo, man. He was actually one of the five on my list that I initially had. And I also had, uh, actually, I won't say anybody else, just in case Shane's going to say him, but... Yeah, Demo, he, he could definitely wreck some stuff, that's for sure. Um, there's a couple guys you could have Um, Max Domi could have been one. Um, <laughs> Keith Kachuk could have been one. Um, Paul Vizanet also could have been one. But I think I would have picked – if I had to pick someone, I think I would take George LaRock. Um, you know, didn't play very long in Arizona. Very memorable guy in the NHL. He would fight anybody he wasn't scared to. We all know that he went after Chara, fought him once. I, 
yeah, I feel like he's a guy that if you want him in your corner, he'd be a pretty intimidating guy to go against. Yeah, I'd say for sure. <laughs> yeah. All good yeah, choices. My, my other honorable mentions were Brad May and Rick Tockett. Oof, man, oh, they, yeah. together. they were nasty. Nice shout-out shout out to the one-punch knockout of Max Stone there, fans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One Who punch, was that? Man. Was that Kessler? Kessler, yep. Yeah. Yep. That was awesome. Yeah, Max Domi's cool. Well, all right. If that's it, boys, we ready to wrap this up and uh, be done? Yeah, I mean, as always, thank you, boys, for – talking hockey again tonight thank you to all the listeners we appreciate you listening um and all that good stuff excited to talk to you guys next week and put out some more content looking forward to a good rest of the year and hopefully got some pretty big events to talk about if you know players start getting moved and everything like that but uh future's still looking bright in my eyes boys absolutely and special shout out to switzerland who we hit Big rankings on uh, this past week with the last episode. I wonder what player could have possibly inspired that. AJ Moser fan club mm. unite. Must be. And they, I mean, they took us, and we stayed on there. We stayed in the ring. We're still ranked there today. We only dropped 10 slots. So they're still listening to it. So appreciate you guys. Thank you very much for the love over there. Uh, but that's it, boys. Then I guess we're ready to wrap this up. Haynes, you have any articles coming out this week or anything like that? Um. Yeah, I'll have. Um... I'll have a piece out tomorrow on Clayton Keller. Just I uh, want a recent leadership. Obviously, talked about it. I want to. I'm gonna have a piece out tomorrow about his leadership, which has been on display recently, and just um, what he's been doing this year. And then Sunday, I'll have weekly Coyotes Corner recap for the past week, and uh, kind of look forward to next week kind of article. So I'll have something tomorrow and Sunday, Sunday but uh, that's the plan for right now. Next week, I uh, will hopefully try to be a little bit more productive. But uh, yes, for now, I have Sun tomorrow and Sun Sunday coming out. Okay. Well, that sounds great. Then uh, if that's it from us, boys, thank you for listening as always. Be sure to give us five star ratings uh, across all platforms. And we will see you guys next week, hopefully, with uh, another exciting episode. <laughs>